Well, hello everyone, and welcome to We Are Dementia Strong podcast. This is a weekly show where you will hear from me, Brian LeBlanc, a guy living with dementia, and Maureen Rulison, co-founder of We Are Dementia Strong and president of Caregiver Support and Resources. We would also like for you to be a part of our podcast by sending us your questions and comments by email or voicemail, and we may read them on our next podcast. Now, with that said, let's go. Today's episode is going to be about vulnerability. I have to say right off the, the, the start, saying the word vulnerability is very tough for me to say, uh, so I have to pronounce it slow, so in case you hear that word a number of times, you'll know what I'm talking about. I always like to use definitions so that my listeners fully understand what I'm talking about. Now, with that said, I'm going to give you a definition of vulnerability, which is the extent to which changes can hurt or harm a person. What brought me to talk about this subject was due to a conversation Maureen and I had recently. Now, during this podcast, what I would like for you to think about is what makes you feel vulnerable and how do you act or react to feeling that way? Now, Maureen, you shared something about your elder clients and vulnerability with me. Can you share that with our listeners? I sure can, Brian. Over the decades of working with elders, I've had the honor of having many of them share a lot of their really personal thoughts with me. Almost universally, each has said that they fear being out of control of their own lives. They fear having things done to them that they can't consent to. To me, that's the definition of vulnerability. Well, one of the things that Maureen recently brought up to me was the future. The conversation started with talking about how our relationship was going to change as I went further into this disease. Needless to say, I got very angry and I yelled at her. I don't want to talk about that. Well, She asked why, and I said, someday you're going to have to make all the decisions for me because I'm not going to be able to make them for myself. And I don't want to think about that right now. Our relationship is going to be different when you are making those decisions. And I think, Maureen, that's, I think that's when you had your aha moment. Um, I saw you go from worrying what it was going to be like for you and changing to thinking about what it was going to be like me. And what it would be like for me is my vulnerability. You're right, Brian. I did. It was a huge paradigm shift for me. I, in that moment realized that one of the most valuable tools a care partner can have is the 
knowledge that they need to take themselves and put themselves into the place of the person who they're providing care to and think about how what's happening is feeling for them. It took all of the focus off of me and put it where it belongs on you. Doesn't mean we're not going to talk about the future, though. Just letting you know. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> and I'm and 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 you know, contrary to your belief, I'm really not trying to make this all about me. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to get that out the way. Um. Okay, another big example of vulnerability. I'm not going to use that word anymore if I don't have to. Um, is was when I was ready to move from Pensacola, Florida, to here in Largo, which is in Pinellas County, still in Florida, but quite a distance away and two completely different areas. Um, I moved here to be with Maureen without knowing anyone didn't know anyone that lived here, didn't know anything too much about here in Pinellas County, except for what Maureen had already told me, trying to basically get me ready for some of the things that I was going to experience when moving here. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Did that Oh, first of all, did you notice my my anxiousness or vulnerability about moving here? Well, Brian, we had a lot of discussions. And just so that everybody doesn't think I forced Brian to move here, <laughs> the discussions we had were actually which was going to be better, for me to move up to Pensacola or for Brian to move here to Largo. And we had a lot of discussions. We weighed the pros and cons. We did the Benjamin Franklin thing and we wrote everything that was a pro in one column and everything that was a con in another for both ways. And ultimately, I knew that I, since I had already lived up in Northwest Florida previously, I was going to be okay no matter which choice was made. So I, I did know that this was primarily going to be your comfort level. And yes, I did see anxiousness. I did see vulnerability on your part, and I did learn the definition of trust in watching what you did when you made the decision to move here. Well, that kind of uh, worked for me also. I also uh, realized what a great example of trust was because I put basically all of my trust in you going to a place that I had never been before. And it's been, um, I, I don't remember how many months we've been here, but it's, it's been a while. And uh, you have lived up to everything that you said would happen, everything that you said would we would do so far, except for the you know going to what? Disney World oh. yeah because we can't live at Disney World Brian there's okay. covid not yet <laughs> not there's still hope i'm in talks right now with the disney folks so well it's 
it was a good way for us to learn how to structure our relationship because I knew you were coming into my world and that it was my job to make my world our world. And you did a good job of giving me all the cues and clues so that I knew how to make that happen. Well, I don't know what else to say to that. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome. Brian, another example of vulnerability and trust that we've discussed is um, how persons living with dementia often use their actions to communicate. Especially persons living with dementia who are unable to communicate use their actions uh, to let people know what's going on and what their needs are. I notice with you, and you are still very able to use your words, um, but I do notice that when you're feeling uncertain or you're feeling like maybe I'm going to get angry if you say you want something different or you want something done differently, your facial expressions and your body language will sometimes not match the words you're saying. And when I am when I am aware enough and I notice that, I try to ask questions to find out what it is that's bothering you. And um, pretty regularly, that what's bothering you is you're feeling out of control. You're feeling vulnerable. And you're not able to make your own decisions, you're, you feel. Or I'm being too bossy, which no, that never happens. And I just wondered how you think persons living with dementia who are nonverbal express their feelings of vulnerability and being out of control? Huh. Well, I guess part of that is the same way as I do. When I am in a fog, which I was on Saturday, and uh, again, this morning, I use facial expressions, or I use my eyes, or I always, uh, there's nothing uh, physical, because I, I, I can't, I can't do that. People that are living with a dementia related illness, and they could be in any stage, um, physically they they're not engaging with their care partners because I believe that when their actions aren't really acknowledged then they are going to have to escalate to what some people might refer to as childlike behaviors I detest that phrase by the way I know but I I couldn't I couldn't think of anything else to Oh no! It's, how how to how to describe it? It's an industry term, and I despise that right. they use it because that 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 stigma and that's something we're we're that's for another whole podcast. Um, but care partners, this this is for you, and and this is something that I am asking on behalf of people that are living with a dementia-related illness. Put yourself in their position and try to feel what they might be feeling in that current situation. 
And this is a situation to where you may ask them a question and they're not able to answer. Or you might ask them to do something and they're not able to do it for one reason or another. So put yourself in their spot, in their position, and then handle that situation the way you would want to be treated. Now, that's empathy. The better you know the person living with dementia, the easier it's going to be for you to create an outcome. This person would want this person would want professional care partners uh, to know all about their person. When you have someone that knows you, that knows your reactions, that knows your facial expressions, to know all these things about you, it becomes easier. But whether you're caring for one person or multiple people, it's difficult. But you have to give yourself grace and forgiveness when you forget. Because I always talk about the caregivers and the care partners. Your jobs are difficult. And you should be thanked over and over again. Unfortunately, some of the folks that you care for are not able to. So I therefore am thanking you for what you do day in and day out. So, uh, Brian, you and I talk about planning for our futures, as you mentioned. You don't often react in a positive way to that. (laughs) Yeah, it's because it involves discussing things that I don't really want to discuss. Um, I prefer to stay in the here and now in the present moment because I don't I don't have to think about the possibilities for my life. I don't want to have to make me think of things that make me feel vulnerable. To put it bluntly, there's sometimes I don't care about the future because number one, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Or I don't even know what's going to happen later on today. It's all all up in the air. So why, the, the way I look at it is, I'm not going to waste my mental energy thinking about things that may or may not happen. Instead, I'm thinking about now. And being this is our first podcast, if you've heard dings and bongs and different things going off, I didn't really prepare for that. So things are making noises in the background, so we'll know better for next time. But I guess you all can figure out that if you're a person living with dementia who lives with a person whose profession is life care planning, (laughs) not wanting to look at the future probably creates some stressful moments around here. You think? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, maybe maybe once or twice. But you see, I believe once you have a plan, then you no longer have to keep revisiting the worst case scenarios. And you can live more in the moment. And I, I agree with that. My problem is I have no problem with plans that we have already made. But as you know, 
I forget that those plans have already been made. So I, and, and I'm thinking of you because you're the one that has to explain things to me over and over and over again because I forget. So that just brings me to the point where I don't want to worry about that. I want to stay right here and worry about what's right here and right now. I can't speak for other care partners, but I can tell you that I would much rather explain things over and over again to you than not have you be able to talk to me and ask me about them. Well, so don't worry about that. I appreciate that a lot. So, you know, Maureen and I, we, we started, we are dementia strong to educate people on the perspectives of a person living with dementia and the care partner perspective. Now, Maureen and I are available to present in um, all formats. We feel that advocating for both the person living with dementia and their care partners is why we've been given this beautiful chapter in our lives. So please consider us for any upcoming speaking engagements in person or virtually. And you can reach us at DementiaStrong at gmail.com or on Facebook, We Are Dementia Strong. Yes. And uh, again, please leave us your messages either verbally on our voicemail here or on Facebook. We want to engage. We want to answer your questions. So engage with us. Ask us the questions. We can't answer them if you don't ask us. Right. If you don't, yeah, we, we want to make this about you. So drop us the emails. And also, uh, if you go on Facebook, you our Facebook page, you'll see that we are on uh, right now four different um, uh, platforms to where you can listen to our, our podcasts. And uh, there should be a link to where you can even leave us a voicemail. So, um, and we can take questions and we would love to hear from you as to what you would like to know, what you would like to learn, what you would like to hear. So for Maureen and I, thank you for listening today and, uh, we'll be talking to you and hold on just and one for second. Jason Young, <laughs> this is how we're going to say we are dementia strong. <laughs> Talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.